Ladies and gentlemen, we have not had bigger football drama news to bring to you since there was trouble down at the Winn-Dixie in Valdosta, Georgia. You know, as well as I do, I live for football drama as PJ Zuko falls apart next to me. I appreciate the effort. I appreciate PJ working hard to get on here with me, but I also appreciate him giving me time to wax poetically about the beauty that is the drama of college sports. I know, I know, I know that most of you out there have probably already heard about this 7 million times already, but we're going to break it down more because what has happened is the rest of the sporting world has gotten a story big enough for them to get a taste of the drama of football. And I'm not talking about the beautiful passes on the field or the historic comebacks. I'm talking about pettiness. I'm talking about grown men saying the word despicable 17 times in a minute and 45 seconds. I'm talking about men in their 70s getting fooled by the internet and taking shots, unwarranted shots, like coaches just standing on the sideline, just like, why are you yelling at me? So we're going to break it down, and I don't think it could be between two bigger names in the world of college football than Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher. Last night at a booster meeting in Alabama, the greatest college football coach of all time, and there's no dispute in that. I heard Max Kellerman talking about it this morning, and he kind of put a question mark at the end of that. There's no disputing the greatest college football coach of all time currently resides in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, right? He decided to come for everybody and everything coming at Congress, coming at name, image, and likeness, coming at the transfer portal, and then, of course, coming after Texas A&M. And to a smaller extent, Jacksonville State, and to a smaller extent, weirdly, Miami basketball. And so we got a lot to dive into here. But what I want to do to maintain some sort of journalistic integrity, even though I have zero, is play the audio clips. One, Nick Saban just firing shots. And this is not the first time he has done this. He does it all the time. He's like, transfer portal? You want to do a transfer portal? That's fine. If you do that, I don't agree with it. But if you do that, we're going to just absolutely demolish you even more. Name, image, and likeness. Uh, I agree that players should be able to go out there and make some money based on their name, image, and likeness, but if you don't control it, just understand we're going to dominate you more. Right? Nick Saban has been a vocal proponent. Uh, the furthest back I, I can really remember for him doing this was uh, talking about up-tempo spread offenses, right? Saying, do we really want offenses running 80 to 100 plays a game? Because he was kind of a supporter of rules limiting how fast you could get up and take a snap. And he's like, is this how we want to play football? He's like, is this what we want our sport to become? And when the resounding answer was yes, he was like, okay, bet. Here's Tua. Here's Mac Jones. Here's Jalen Hurts. And here's Bryce Young. And here's some more national championships. So Nick Saban tries to warn y'all a lot. And I think that's what he's trying to do here. But I'm going to pull up this audio. Again, this is from a booster meeting uh, in Alabama last night. Nick Saban speaking. Uh, the basketball coach, Nate Oates, uh, was there as well, but I just, I live for drama. 
specifically in the world of college football. And Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher gave it to us today and last night. of money to get players and you've read about them you know who they are i mean we were second in recruiting last year a m was first a m bought every player on their team made a deal for name image and likeness all right we didn't buy one player all right but i don't know if we're going to be able to sustain that in the future because more and more people are doing it yeah. so it's um, it's tough and people blame the ncaa but in defense of the ncaa we are where we are Right, because of the litigation that the NCAA gets, like the transfer portal. Every time somebody wanted to transfer, they'd apply for a waiver. Right, if you didn't give them, if the NCAA didn't give them a waiver so they could be immediately eligible, they filed suit. So the NCAA would back off and give them a waiver. So they just said, we're just going to make a rule where everybody can transfer. That's how that happened. So if the NCAA doesn't get some protection from litigation, whether we got to get an antitrust or whatever it is, from a federal government standpoint, this is not going to change because they cannot enforce their rules, just like Nate said. We have a rule right now that says you cannot use name, image, and likeness to entice a player to come to your school. Hell, read about it in the paper. I mean, Jackson State paid a guy a million dollars last year that was a really good Division I player to come to school. It was in the paper, and they bragged about it. Nobody did anything about it. I mean, these guys at Miami that are going to play basketball there for $400,000, it's in the newspaper. The guy tells you how he's doing it. So, um, but the NCAA can't enforce their rules because it's not against the law. And that's an issue. That's a problem. And, and unless we get something that protects them from litigation, I don't know what we're going to do about it. Okay, so that's Alabama coach Nick Saban. Just... <clears throat> weirdly firing off at the hip. I, the the shot at Texas A&M, you could tell he'd been sitting on that. For those of you who don't know, as he said, Texas A&M finished with the number one overall class, I believe the best class ever last year, at least in terms of ESPN 300, right? They had 24 of the ESPN top 300 recruits signed to their class last year. Uh, for context, I believe Alabama had 17 and Georgia had 16. So, seven more of the ESPN 300 go to Texas A&M. Should, should, should we just play the Jimbo response and then dive into it, PJ? Do you think that would be the best way to do it, the most cohesive way? That's a good idea, I think, if, if you want to just directly move into that. Okay. Um, well, Jimbo I mean, Fisher, okay. nothing better than an emergency press conference, right? So Jimbo <laughs> Fisher this morning scheduled it, I believe for 10 a.m. Central time, uh, and called everyone out there and said he needed an emergency press conference, and we all knew it was for. This was Jimbo Fisher's opening statement. First of all, I'll say it's a shame that we have to do this. It's really despicable. I got to pause it. I need, I need you to do something for me, PJ. Can you keep a count in your head of how many times Jimbo Fisher says despicable here? I, I was thinking of it. Uh, did, did anyone else get like just a picture of the movie in their head whenever he... Because I feel like, again, you kind of prefaced it like we're going to hear that a lot in this interview, and yeah. all I can think of is despicable me. Oh, like, if I'm being honest. That's fair. When I'm picturing Jimbo talk right here, I'm, I'm picturing the, the big guy up but there. Can you, but can anyway, you, but yeah, can I'll you, keep counting. I got you. You got to count it yeah, for yeah, me? Yeah. All right, I appreciate you. Let's go. First of all, I'll say it's a shame that we have to do this. 
it's really despicable. It's despicable that somebody can say things about somebody and an organ. More importantly, 17-year-old kids. You're taking shots at 17-year-old kids and their families. And they broke state laws. They're, they're, they're all money. We bought every player on this group. We never bought anybody. No rules were broken. Nothing was done wrong. It was all in the, and the way we do things, the ethics in which we do things. And these families, it's despicable that a reputable head coach could come out and say this when he doesn't get his way or things don't go his way. The narcissist in him doesn't allow those things to happen. It's ridiculous. But when, when he's not on top and the parody in college football he's been talking about, Go talk to coaches who coach for him. You'll find out all the parody. Go dig into wherever he's been. You can find out anything. And it's a shame that you got to sit here and defend 17-year-old kids and families. And Texas A&M, because we do things right, we're always going to do things right. But we're, not, we're always going to be here. We're doing a heck of a job. These coaches have done a great job. Our players have done a great job. The whole organization of recruiting people. It's despicable that we got to sit here at this level of ball and, and say these things to defend the people of this organization, the kids, 17-year-old kids and their families. It's amazing. Some people think they're God. Go dig into how God did his, his deal. You may find out about, about a guy that a lot of things you don't want to know. We built him up to be the czar of football. Go dig into his past or anybody that's ever coached with him. You can find out anything you want to find out, what he does and how he does it. And it's despicable. It really is. And it's a shame we have to sit up here and have this conversation about things we do. And it's and it personal to us? Yes, it is. It's personal to A&M. It's personal to our players. It's personal to our coaches and everybody involved. And I know the guy. know him really well. It's amazing that we're allowed to do those things. It's really despicable. And I, and I hate it. For our players who are coming here who did things the right way, have done things the right way, and will continue to do things the right way, I apologize to you, the people who insult you publicly the way they're doing it. And our fans, I, I, I apologize to you guys for people saying those things about Texas A&M. But I promise you this, there are, no, there are no violations. There are nothing wrong. It's the second time we've had to do this with grown men who don't get their way and want to pout, throw a fit, and act up. Just go ask all the people who work for him. You'll know exactly what he's about. I always said this. My dad always told me this. When people show you who they are, believe them. He's showing you who he is. Okay, so first off, get to the important stuff. How many despicables do we have? That was six. There, there were six. Six despicables in yeah. a two-minute, 45-second clip. Yep. So his first thing, Jimbo needs a, th- a thesaurus. True. Because we got to come up. He, he did throw shame in there one time. You could hear he was going to say, it's di- it's a shame. Yeah, yeah. No, he's, he started to revert. Although that was very, like, you can tell. There are certain people, they get emotional. They hang on to one word. And that was a very... Yeah, we all have crutch words. Yeah, yeah, Mine yeah. is probably that's, interesting. That's just, he was seeing red, he was yeah. seeing crimson, and I that's... don't know if he was seeing red. Okay, so let's get into the nitty-gritty all of All right, this. go ahead. Starting with Nick Saban, I think if he had stuck to his point and not singled out a university, this is going in a different way. But for whatever reason, he just decided, and I guess you can do that when you're the GOAT and you have like absolute job security is you can just start shooting off at the hip if you want to. And he did that, and he took a shot at Texas A&M, Jackson State, uh, and Miami. Basketball. Weird. I know. Do but, you think that maybe uh, he, he took the first shot at Texas A&M, and then he was like, I need to now include more 
universities and in schools so I don't only say Texas A&M? Or... I don't know that he cares. I think he was just trying to prove a point. Okay. Yeah. In, in reality, it's just like going for all the examples that could come to the top of mind. Uh, first thing, somebody let Nick Saban down and him, or this is just your parent or grandparent reading news on the internet and believing it. There has been no substantiated reports that Jackson State paid Travis Hunter. Who is he referring to? Because he doesn't say players. He said play, paid a player a yeah. million dollars, right? Yeah. There's no substantiated reports that Jackson State paid Travis Hunter money. You can state rumors, but there's no, like what he was saying, like it's out. They bragged about it. There's, they laughed about it. Yeah. Like Dion was saying, if I had a million dollars, there's a lot of better things I could do than one player at Jackson State, right? So they were laughing at that. And then the report of the Miami basketball player is true. The collective gave him a two-year, $400 million deal, basically set it up with Life Wallet, I believe, uh, is the company out of Miami. So that's true, basketball player. But going back, I think what Nick Saban said, and he, everybody's crushing Nick Saban, I think, because of hypocrisy is what they're saying. Like, come on, Nick, you're saying you you don't buy players what Nick Saban's saying is there's a 10-minute clip that you can watch on YouTube. Uh, AL.com uh, has, I believe, probably the best quality one. There's a lot of cell phone footage uh, from last night. But yeah, Nick Tried Saban to- goes on a diatribe just kind of about the state of college football. And he's talking about there's no parity anymore, which, I can again, I can hear the laughs from people saying Alabama talking about parity. I get it, but the NCAA, for their faults, I do believe while trying to coat their pockets, was trying to keep some relevance of fairness. We've talked about this a ton on the show, so we won't mm-hmm. dive back into it. But Nick Saban, really, what he came after for the first time was the collectives. And that's what he wanted to dive into. Basically, supporters, I don't want to say boosters, because that has a legal context, but supporters of the school who create these collectives and pool money so that when a player does commit legally, like this is how you do it, when a player does commit, you can have a group of sponsorship opportunities for these players, right? What Nick Saban is saying is accusing Jimbo Fisher of going out and telling each and every one of those players, here's what you're going to get when you get here. Where Nick Saban is saying, and it's a very fine line saying, you have a ton of opportunities when you come here, but you got to sign with us first. And so in that, in the 10 minute speech that he gives, he talks about the fact that he's having trouble recruiting certain players in his own state because they want to know upfront how much money they're going to earn. And so believe Nick Saban or don't believe Nick Saban, I'm getting stuck on Jimbo Fisher. Because mm-hmm. that is very much a me thinks the SEC West head coach doth protest too much. <laughs> like the vitriol and the passion, and you could hear the tears in his voice coming back after him. It sounds like when you catch an 11-year-old and they're just going to try to lie their way out of the situation. Right? I would... Me? Yeah. Me? What about them? Me? Yeah, that's a very good point. And just like, I'll say this. Kirby Smart's PR team, Texas A&M and Jimbo Fisher need to look into them because last year when he had all the stuff coming out, you know, the rush probes traveled out of the Waffle House and he saw his career sinking and he takes shots at Kirby Smart, like how he gets Nick Saban and Sony Michelle to come back to school for another year, yada, yada, yada. No response. That's what a PR team looks like. You know how you respond to accusations that have like no firm ground to stand on? You don't. You ignore them. You yeah. don't. You're like, yeah, all right, that's just the ramblings of some 
someone we're not going to acknowledge. Yeah. Right. Right. Jimbo's team is the 23 year old straight out of college PR team. Who's like, bro, you're just gonna let him say that. Yeah. You're just going to let him say that. No, and man. then you got to come back at him. And then the first, the first thing the PR team does is say, okay, well we got to deflect off of you because no one cares about a 50 year old white guy that's making $10 million a year. Right. They're, you're going to have no sympathy from anybody. Talk about the kids. And so if you'll notice, you get eight seconds into Jimbo Fisher's response, and he's like, how dare you come at 17-year-old kids like that? Yep. It's despicable. And their families. And their families. Got to add that in. Yep. Like, just, like, the only, like, the only way he could have made that worse is if he's like, hey, they're coming after their moms. Yep. And the grandma. Uh, yeah. The grandma didn't teach them better and than that. And their great-grandma. That's like, right. And so yeah. it's just. No, exactly. It's, it's how a, like I said, somebody that's still in college would tell you to go after a situation like this in terms of a PR response, mm-hmm. right? It's just deflect to the kids. Yep. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, see, Nick Saban's coming after those kids. Nowhere would I listen to Nick Saban say did he fault the kids. Right. He faulted the people who were offering the kids money before they signed with the school. And so me thinks Jimbo Fisher was a little emotional. And it's like, to both of them, come on, guys. Yeah. <laughs> come on. Nick Saban, you've, I know you can't say it, but you've never dropped a bag somewhere. Right. Right. Jimbo Fisher, come on now. You've never dropped a bag some, somewhere. So I understand a vast majority of people are coming out in support of Jimbo Fisher on this one. And this is like a softball kind of down the middle for him where Nick Saban sounds very hypocritical, takes a shot at him. And he should have been able to hit this one out of the park. But I think he swung out of his shoes and kind of hit a dribbler to shortstop. I would have to agree. Yeah. Like, like, what would have been the ultimate response to me from Jimbo Fisher would have been, we'll see you in October. Yeah. You do you, we'll do us, we'll see you in October. Right. I think that's the ultimate, like, the gif where the guy, like, has both hands on his face. Like, ah! like that, that would have been the gif. And then you can, like, plaster that everywhere. Bill Belichick, king of that. We're on a Cincinnati. Yep. We're on to Cincinnati. What about what they said? We're on to Cincinnati. Yeah. So there's no quarterback? We're on to Cincinnati. It's like, right? We'll see you in October. Yep. But no, I'm going to get on here, like, half cry, take a shot at God. Yeah. Intentionally or not, we're going to get into that because I want to break down Jimbo's audio. But again, just your thoughts on the whole situation because, number one, God bless him, because it's May 19th. I appreciate y'all. <laughs> Because I don't have to talk about game ones of the conference finals in the NBA or without a doubt, this or the is... Braves blowing it in the 11th because the Braves can't win an overtime or an extra innings game, right? Yeah. I love you both for giving us this to talk about. And also, I love the fact that everyone else, like all the other Colin Cowherd, right? Every ESPN show leading up to this, all the podcasts, all the Sports Illustrated stuff, they're all now seeing why we're just like, oh, this is so good. This is so good. You know what blows my mind? I I was actually listening to, I kind of laughed. Uh, I was, I was listening to a show before us and uh, what's, what's funny is they kind of recommended that, you know, with this, all this NIL stuff and everything like that, like Nick Saban, no wonder why he's talking about it a little bit. Cause I mean, you, you look at some of these places like that are, that are more, um, have have more popularity or more populated have have more money like Los Angeles like places like Michigan and boosters and Miami and things like that 
those are the schools that are really going to thrive in this thing. They're going to be huge again, and it's going to be it's going to be difficult to see if Alabama can basically keep up. And I just kind of like I just laughed. I just laughed. I was like, yeah. do you have no idea? Like, first of all, that's Nick Saban. He's going to yeah. find a way. Second of all, like I'm sure there's some money. In Tuscaloosa, Alabama. No, he said it in his statement at the end. He or when he says, you know, Texas A&M is doing it. And he's now. like, we haven't been doing it, but it's kind of again, it sounded that kind of warning thing that Nate yeah. Davis said. Like, if that's how it's going to be, all right. Yeah. No. So I just I had to bring that up. Let's that, do it. That was just upfront. My mind had to laugh about that a little bit, but no, I, I think uh, you know what you're you're talking about is you know a situation where yes, again, Nick Saban is talking about the grand scheme of things, the NCAA, and just. All of these changes that are happening and, and kind of what he can foresee. And it's interesting that, that you note, like, people chuckle because he's talking about he's talking about parody in college football mm-hmm. and, and he's the head of the evil empire, right, that's winning all these national championships and whatever. But every single time something changes, he's the first one to say, this might not be right, this might not be good for yeah. college football, Maybe we should think about this for a second. And if we don't, I'm going to take advantage of it, so get ready. And each single time, guess what? Alabama, the, the empire grew more and more yeah. and won more and more. So, yes, again, I think this is a, a big situation where he's like, uh, is this where we want to be? And he named examples, and now the people that he named or the teams that he named are not very not very happy about it and are taking shots. Like, I, to me, like, of course – some of the examples, like, like you talk about the Jackson yeah. State thing and whatnot, maybe do a little bit more research before, you know, bringing that to the table. But like you said, I think you just started rattling off things that that he had saw as examples. Yeah. But the grand scheme of things and the, his his overall point, I I think is something that very much could and should be talked about, and uh, it's something that we've talked about for a while. Um, and again, yeah, I I think Jimbo Fisher. Probably needs to think a little bit before he. I know everyone's oh, no, jumping he was on fired up because it's very popular up. for everyone to be on on his side right now. Of course, it's the other side of Alabama. Yeah, but I think in a lot of situations where you're like, all right, we need to respond to this. We need an emergency press conference. I think a lot of times you should probably take a second, uh, but and, and think about yeah. it. But before you really get into that, that just but, needs to be like a two sentence. Yeah. Like as the coach is walking to practice, kind of a deal, you know, like that interview where everybody's yeah. around him and they're like, "Jimbo, Jimbo, you know what say about Nick Saban? Jimbo, Jimbo, what about Nick Saban saying? Jimbo, 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 Jimbo. Hey, we'll see y'all in October." Yeah, that, yeah, that's it. That's it. Just leave it. Just leave it there. But I know there's a, a ton of a ton of other points and angles we we could talk about yeah. this on, but we're also cutting in the time here. Yeah, right? we got so, we got to take a quick break. Yeah. We'll come back and continue the conversation. Also, some actual college football news to get into because this is just college football TMZ. Uh, we have actual substantial college football news to get into kind of changing the landscape of how things work uh, inside of college football that we'll dive into, but we'll come back continue the conversation next right here on second down. If you want to get involved, reach out to us, tweet at us at ESPN coastal or dial in 912-342-7184. If you want to be a part of the conversation, we got more to come here on ESPN coastal next Listen, That's all Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher need to do. Sometimes you just got to give a ground, give some ground so you can both gain a little. Ain't no road too long when you meet in the middle there, PJ. There you go. Ain't no road too long. Listen, Jimbo, Nick, sometimes you just got to stop talking and let a little diamond Rio influence just your decisions. through your soul. Yeah. 
Let them handle well, it. Well, too bad because Texas A&M, AD, Ross Bjork's out here just escalating the situation. Oh, yay. More comments. In an <laughs> interview with Sports Illustrated, Texas A&M Athletic Director Ross Bjork tells them that Nick Saban's comments violate SEC sportsmanship bylaws, and he has been in contact with Greg Sankey. I can just see Greg Sankey pinching his like eyes like, can we not? Please, for the love of God, can we not? Uh, but Bjork calls the comments a personal attack and suggests Saban is, quote, lashing out because he's threatened. This is personal. We continue to say, I don't know why Nick Saban would say what he said, except he's threatened. There is a saying, an emperor who loses their dynasty lashes out. I guess people don't like A&M disrupting the power base of college football. When did oh, this become the WWF? <laughs> right. Well, hold on. Did it become the WWF or this is, this is like now they're talking about like ancient wars, empires, empires and fallen and it's just like, no. Okay. Can we just, what? can we caveat a few things? Like I'm going to add like, you know, when Wikipedia puts the source, like this needs sourcing, I'm going to put a caveat into that last statement. I guess people don't like eight and four A&M disrupting the power base That's of college football. Oh man. That's right. And like we were talking about, man, are you kidding me? Texas A&M got all this done, finished first, possibly the best recruiting class of all time. Fantastic. Disrupting the power flow of college football. And Alabama really felt that in their recruiting rankings when they finished second. <laughs> and, they were not like, again, we're talking about recruiting rankings. We're yeah. not talking about on the field. Now, ultimately, they will play on the field. Yes, I get that. Whatever. We're not talking about on the field. We're not talking about SEC championships or national championships, whatever. We're talking about one year of recruiting ranks. Yeah. Also, quick sidebar here, Jimbo. And I know we're, we're harping on Jimbo a lot, but I feel like people have been harping on Saban a lot on this. And so, like... Us harping on Jimbo so much is just yeah. despicable. We're just... It's despicable. But we're just... I'm, I'm, I'm trying to give the overarching view of this, which is mm -hmm. they're both kind of just need to take a big old step back. <laughs> yeah. But that being said, Jimbo, is it a coinky dink that the year that name image and likeness finally gets to be a part of recruiting and it gets like, it gets to settle down a little bit and people get to figure out how to use it, that the richest school in the country has the number one overall class. I, I don't see how those two things correlate at all. That's despicable that you didn't even bring that up. What? We're talking about 17 year olds. Uh, quickly here, I want to I wanted to listen to a couple of parts uh, from Jimbo's Jimbo's statement. I'll I'll call it there. Just the humor in it is beautiful, and I love college football. Go talk to coaches who coach for him. You'll find out all the parody. Go dig into wherever he's been. You J that that's you, Doug. Yeah, right. You coach for him. Yeah, hold on. Let's hear about it. You're right here. You have a mic in front of you. Yeah, yeah. So what? So what? What happened, Jimbo? I said, say it. Yeah. That right. the man just blatantly accused you of cheating and paying players. Yep. You have a platform. This is no holds bar. This is go. What is it in NASCAR? The restrictor plate. It's off. Yep. All right. <laughs> We're going. Go ahead. The dirty laundry is being aired. Don't hold back now. Exactly. This is the guy that's like. <laughs> this is the guy that two people are arguing or whatever. It's like, oh, man, you just wait. My buddy's going to get here. He's going to fight you, and you're going to get it, man. Like, wait, what about what about you? You're no, right here. You no, have the problem. Hey, no, hey, no, 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 my no, buddy's no, coming. No, no. 
You wait till we're we ain't talking about say. me. We're talking about you. Woo. Pal and you are in trouble. On, man. Uh, speaking of which, I think there might be one statement from this entire thing that Jimbo regrets. And maybe it's a slip of the tongue. Maybe not. But this part was a little rough. And their families. It's amazing. Some people think they're God. Go dig into how God did his, his deal. You may find out about, about a guy that a lot of things you don't want to know. We built I, th- I think there's a few different ways we could have phrased that. <laughs> Saying go dig into God probably wasn't the best one. <laughs> it's probably. It's prob- prob- no. That's, I, I feel uh, bad for his SIDs who are just sitting in the it. back. Like, ugh. Yeah, it's phrasing. Ugh. Yeah, they're just like, Jimbo emails him. 6 a.m. this morning says, set it up, boys. I'm coming in there. And I'm about to light it up. And they're all like, oh, no. Yeah. Do you have like a script we can read before you do this? Nah, this is off the cuff. Next time this is they, a freestyle. he talks to the press, he's going to have a guy in front of him like, listen, hey, listen, let's keep God out of this one. Okay? No, there's a lot of things you shouldn't have said, Jimbo. Also, <laughs> yeah. we're going to give you about six different words that you can use instead of despicable. Yeah, that's very true. Or at least... Can you if, imagine the shirts? If you're going to like say that some people think they're God and then reference like at least say the name, yeah. at least make it clear that like when you say... You go look at how God did his deal. Like, say that you're talking about Nick Saban. Like, try and make that a little more clear. And he just straight up started, nah. That's why we said, just before you make any statement, just take some time. But Jimbo Fisher came out hot. And it just, it's, it's beautiful. College football is a beautiful, beautiful thing. And this is just so much daggum fun. That being said, we have some actual college football news to get into that's going to affect how college football is played, not two old coaches yelling back and forth at each other. So let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll give you the news and how it will affect your team going forward. This is Second Down on ESPN Radio. If you miss any portion of our show, you can check it out on ESPNCoastal.com or wherever you get your podcast, and, of course, streaming live on ESPNCoastal.com. We'll be right back after this. Second Down on ESPN Radio is presented to you by the Uniform Source. Christian Gokel alongside PJ Zuko. Glad to have you all hanging out with us here on this Thursday afternoon. All right. We've talked about the drama. We'll probably continue to talk about it as more and more fallout comes for this. But we do have actual college football news uh, to dive into that I think is pretty significant. Uh, Number one, this one makes a lot of sense to me. For the next two years, the NCAA Division I Council has agreed to waive the 25 initial counter for scholarship limit. So basically you could only sign 25 players per class. It makes sense as they try to adapt, I guess is the best way to put it, to the transfer portal and players just leaving on a monumental scale. Uh, There was a figure that came out that 2,000 players in the 2021-2022 academic year 2000 FBS players enter the transfer portal that's about 15 players a team and so if you are a team that loses six seven players to the NFL and you also have guys who graduate who are just done not going to play at the next level and you have seven eight nine ten players that are transferring you could be losing upwards of 30 players and so it doesn't make sense to have that 25 scholarship limit there. So the NCAA Division One Council announced on Wednesday that they are waiving that. But the one that I believe, PJ, is more important in terms of just affecting college football 
and the way we're going to see champions determined and potentially how we could see the college football playoff shaking out. The NCAA Division I Council also announced yesterday that will relax restrictions on college football's conference championship games, allowing conferences to determine the teams that would participate in their respective title game. What does that mean? It used to be if you have divisions, whoever wins that division is the representative in the conference championship game. Under this, you can still have divisions, but then you can say out of that, the top two teams in the conference play in the conference championship game. So if you're in the SEC and say, for example, Georgia goes undefeated in the SEC and Florida, and this is a huge hypothetical, Florida goes, what would it be, 7-1 and one as of right now in the SEC, and they have a head-to-head win over Alabama, Alabama 7-1 and one in the conference as well, but Florida has a head-to-head win, it would be Georgia-Florida in the SEC championship game. Right. Yeah. And the Pac-12 had already announced, or has already announced, yep. that they are going to... Yep. They're not getting rid of divisions as of yet because I guess they are, but they're still keeping the schedule because that's already been set. So they're still the division rivals will still be playing each other this year, but going forward, they're scrapping divisions entirely. And as of this year, they're just taking the two teams with the highest conference winning percentage to go on and play in their championship game. And that would have changed the Pac-10 slash Pac-12 title game five out of the last 11 years. Yeah. So it's pretty significant, and just from a local standpoint, going back and looking at the SEC, we go back to 2010, right? That's Cam Newton's year at Auburn. Auburn played South Carolina in the SEC championship. If this rule was in effect for the SEC, it would have been Auburn-Arkansas in the SEC championship. Yeah, that was... Yep. That was really solid, Arkansas. That as was well. Ryan, like, Mallet. Ryan Mallet. Yeah, that was Ryan Mallet, um, Arkansas, with... Uh, Old Bobby Petrino. Yeah, some of those wide receivers were, were really good, too. Remember that crazy punt return against Tennessee? Uh, number three, I'm forgetting his name. But anyway, no, it was, that was a really solid Arkansas team, too. So probably w- would have put up more of a fight than South Carolina did in that SEC championship. Yeah, 2011 <laughs> would have been an interesting argument because LSU was undefeated 8-0, and that was the first like game of the century Alabama, yeah. LSU kind of a deal. Right. That would have been interesting because LSU was 8-0. They go on to play 7-1. and This is all conference. 7-1 and Georgia. But Alabama was also 7-1 and that year. Georgia finished the year 2-4. and Alabama would go on to win the national championship mm-hmm. without playing in the SEC championship game. But theoretically, depending on what the tiebreakers are, they could have looked at Alabama and said, you have a better overall resume than Georgia, even though you all don't have a head-to-head, you have the same conference percentage, you have a better record, Alabama's playing in the SEC championship. Right, and then you have that in the SEC championship game resulting in a, a much different national championship game. So who knows what have, would have happened there. So yeah, there's a, there's a big uh, kind of domino effect to this. Absolutely. I always forget that Missouri <laughs> went to back-to-back SEC championship games, but... Yeah, who doesn't, right? Uh, 2013, what was that? 2014? Uh, there was a really fun one in there, though, Missouri and Auburn. Yeah. Uh, when Auburn, I believe, then went on to the national championship and played Florida State. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was 2013. Yeah. 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 No, that was that that was a that was a crazy game. I believe James Franklin on on one side there, quarterbacking for Missouri. Number one. So yeah, that was fun. Yeah, 2017 would have been really interesting because if you remember, you kind of had that trifecta where Georgia got smoked by Auburn. 
and then Auburn beat Alabama, and Auburn was sitting on one conference loss, so Auburn would have been in there, then the conversation would have become, is it Alabama or Georgia in the SEC championship? Yeah, again. Again. There would have been a... <laughs> and that would have yeah. eliminated Georgia from potentially going to their first college football playoff under Kirby Smart. Right. So this is going to be interesting going forward. What I have to imagine is once the SEC adds Texas and Oklahoma, they're probably going to end up going either to the pods that we talked about or because the NCAA has scrapped this division clause, they can just make up their own schedule however they want to. And so the issue that we drew up, which was if you go to pods, you're going to lose a lot of the rivalries that make the SEC special. They can just do custom schedules every year. Yep. Yeah, forget division, scrap yeah. it. It's like, listen, Georgia doesn't have up. to play Vanderbilt every year. True. Right? We can we can throw these Mississippi in the State doesn't have to play games. Arkansas every year. Right? Yeah, we can, yeah, we can move can these around, the keep the traditional rivalries. rivalries yeah, yeah. Keep the traditional rivalries and still determine the top two teams right. out of it. Right. Very true. That could be and that could be fun to see. I know that's something that uh, Matt Smith, Southern Prickskin, has been talking about for, for a long time. Yeah, and I was gonna um, say I was gonna say, sorry to interrupt, but I was gonna say fine. going to the Big Ten, it kind of eliminates the holy smokes, only one team's getting out of this division. Yeah. Like yeah. we could potentially see Michigan uh Ohio State in a conference championship. Yeah. Uh, and Very that would be what, back to back weeks. And I think the that game. would be probably more deserving than you know what? What we've seen recently with the, the Wisconsin o- coronation. Yeah, the Michigans versus Iowas and the Ohio States versus uh, Northwesterns. From how many, the year how many times that. has Wisconsin I mean, just been the coronation of the Big Ten champion? The co- oh yeah, uh, quite a bit. Yeah, quite a few times. I, I know. Yeah, nine times out of ten, Wisconsin's making that out of yeah. that West Division, and they're they're getting smacked by whoever's coming out of the East. It's just. Or they put up a, a good game but still end up losing. So I'm really interested to see. We've talked about it so much. Who's the first conference that switches to pods? Because if no one, like, if this changes it now, it doesn't and make everyone sense just at 14. gets rid Yeah, like, if everyone just gets rid of their divisions instead of going to pods. Hey, pods like, are never going to happen. Well, it's just like, what has all this talking been about? Listen, we, we just we, we got the pods were guaranteed. We have to catch these stories as they come, man. And listen, it is what it is. We love talking about pods. That being said, I, I do think scrapping the divisions is going to be interesting because it, it does give the SEC an opportunity, I think, to get it right in terms of keeping those rivals on the schedule, keeping Georgia and Tennessee going instead of trying to force into these pods situation. So interesting. Pac 12 is kind of the experiment for this year. Uh Greg Sankey coming out talking about the SEC saying as of right now, divisions work. For the SEC, I mean, why wouldn't they? You just put two teams in the college football playoff. Yep. And that's the second time that's happened. So division's obviously working for the SEC, but he's saying it's something you're going to take under advisement. Uh, we got to take a quick break. We'll come back, get you ready for three and out next, right here on ESPN Radio. Some other scheduling news to get to here. Timing. TJ and I talked about it during the break. Mm-hmm. Announced that Alabama and Texas, when they meet, will be a noon kick, which rough on the East Coast, but rougher in that Central time zone. That's an 11 a.m. kick for Alabama, Texas, which, you know, right now probably sounds rough, but when it's like midway through the second quarter and it's 47 to nothing, yeah, probably won't care as much. That might be kind of normal for Texas, though, too. Like They they kick off Oklahoma, Texas at 11. So The Red River rivalry? Yeah, right. Does that not just... 
I mean, that's one game, though. It kind of feels right. Like, old school, big time, yeah, Southern it's, college it's like football. It's, it's at the fair. Yeah. Yeah, it's... it's, it's well, I mean, but, I, yeah. even for Alabama, Texas. Like, two uh, programs, that, like, old school, Southern college football, early in the, early in the day, playing in, you know, hot as can be weather. Just seems right. I'd rather have that at 8 o'clock, but that's just me. Personally, yes, but... That's just me. But Fox wants it at noon, so it's going to be at noon. Big noon Saturday. P.J. Zuko, big fan of Big Noon Saturday. Three and out. Coming up next, Ben Troop and Kevin Thomas. We will see everyone tomorrow.